You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, Father, I thank you for this series, Unstoppable. I thank you for what you have been speaking over this uh, new year of 2024. I thank you for just the power in the words that you've been uh, sharing with us, Father, that we are more powerful than we can imagine, that we the fullness of the Godhead is in us right this very minute. Thank you for the mystery of Christ in us. But thank you, Father, even more than that, that you're unpacking the mystery. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that takes what belongs to us in Jesus and makes it real to us. Thank you that uh, the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to us, makes Jesus in us real to us. Thank you that you are the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Holy Spirit, and you are teaching us how to live from heaven's vantage point where we are quantum entangled uh, with Jesus right this very minute, seated at the right hand of the Father, living in two dimensions, multiple dimensions, all the dimensions at the same time through our union with Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we have made us in your image, recreated us in Christ as a speaking spirit. And I thank you that that means that we are more powerful than we have imagined. And I thank you, Father, that we are co-creating with you. So today, as we hop into this uh, next episode, Father, I pray that you would make it clear that you would be teaching Holy Spirit, even while I'm talking, that the, the reality of heaven being right this very minute uh, would become real, more real than the material realm, that we would look beyond what our physical eyes and what our five physical senses can perceive to a new level of perception, perception to a new new mind, Father, to a new level of consciousness where we are seen through the eyes of Jesus and Jesus is seen through our eyes, Father, so that this would be a practical way of life, that it would become our default way of being. So awaken our senses today, Father. Awaken our awareness so that we can walk as sons in the earth and partner with you to release your will and see the manifestation of the fullness of that of all that Jesus has accomplished here in the material realm. And so I bless our time together and I thank you in advance for all that you're going to be speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys, welcome to part three. Uh, I'm really excited for the continuation of this series. I am Gosh, I am a science junkie. I'm a quantum physics junkie. I've been, I'm fascinated with the brain, uh, fascinated with neuroscience, fascinated with the way that God created us to function, fascinated with the way that God created the universe to function, fascinated with the intersection of science and the gospel and what the what it, what the ramifications are of Christ being the one that is holding all things together by the word of his mighty power i am fascinated by the account of creation i'm fascinated by the power of our words and the fact that death and life is in the power of our tongue you know my life has been so dramatically radically transformed and 
and miraculously impacted by the revelation that I'm sharing uh, uh, on this podcast. I mean, it has brought healing. It has brought uh, miracles, uh, countless miracles into my life as I have awakened to the reality of what it means to be a new creation, uh, what it means to have an identity that is in union with Jesus and the responsibility, frankly, that comes with that to partner with God, to channel God, to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit, to observe what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish in the earth and partner with him by yielding my physical senses to the Holy Spirit and uh, cooperating with the laws of the universe that he has set in motion. So this is just a topic that I get so pumped up and geeked out about. And so I'm just excited that, you know, you guys are excited about it too, because I could just teach on this forever because I love it so much. So today I want to continue by, first of all, going back to the foundation scripture that we've really been using for this series, which is Genesis 128. And I refer to it sometimes as the original man, the uh, original dominion mandate. Uh, but it is a picture of God's will for planet Earth, for human beings, since human beings existed, right? So we have been created in the image of God, meaning that uh, we are cr creative just by our very uh, existence, if you will. And we've also been recreated in Christ. Now, that recreation and the original creation of Adam to even understand this, I, I feel like we have to take out the dimension of time. And what I mean by that, and I talked about this in the last episode, I talked about the fact that John, the, the book of John, the first chapter specifically, the very first few verses, and the first chapter of Ephesians are actually describing things that were happening, happening in Genesis 1 or prior to Genesis 1, because the gospel is actually an eternal message. It's about our eternal uh, our eternal beginning in Christ before our material beginning in Adam. And if you don't understand that you are an eternal being as well as a material, you have a material existence, then you will miss the, the beauty truly of the gospel. And you will, you will get confused and think that you are literally just a material uh, entity, right? That you are, you are a physical body, that, that, that your physical senses are what tell you what reality is rather than realizing that your origin is in God and that you are united to Jesus because of the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, which from God's perspective happened before time began. You were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. So you were in Christ before you were in Adam. Why am I saying this? Because I want to elevate your vantage point of existence. I want to elevate your awareness of your being above uh, just the material realm. This is what I call being awake. Okay, this is what scripture talks about being enlightened. You know, the apostle Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we would understand the hope of our calling, meaning that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light so that we would begin to have an awareness of the spiritual realm, of the non-material realm, of the energetic realm, of the dimensions that lie beyond this 3D world 
world so that we would not be trapped in 3D material reality. And so there is an awakening. There is a level of awareness. There is a way of operating that transcends your physical body. It transcends your, your physical thoughts, your emotions. It transcends your experience of the physical world, which is is. 100% being driven by your physical senses and being driven by an awareness of the uh, that, that's driven by your natural mind. So there are two minds. There's the mind of Christ. There's to be there's a, the mind of the spirit, and then there's the mind of the flesh. And so we have this dual capacity, this dual reality that we have been created from the beginning to experience before the fall. See, Adam and Eve. I truly believe that they had a different type of perception. That namely, what happened at the fall was a was a fall of their perception when their eyes were opened. What happened? is their actual connection with the, the non-material reality was shut. And so Jesus came to restore sight to the blind. He came to recreate us so that we would once again have a perception of the spirit, have a perception of spiritual things, have a perception of God the Father and Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit, be recreated in the Holy Spirit, have our spirits joined to the Lord so that we would be able to live a dual existence in both the spirit and the natural, and that we would understand that the spirit dominates the natural, that the unseen, what quantum physics calls the quantum realm, right? The invisible realm is what spawns the physical realm. And so these are some of the things that we've been talking about in this series. So let's hop back in to Genesis 1:28 this morning, and let's just look at this original dominion mandate. Okay, here's what it says. And it says, in God, I'm in the Amplified Classic version. It says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Okay, so here it's really, really clear that God God intended for mankind to not be dominated by creation, not be dominated by the material realm, but rather to be the one that governs it, to be the one that uh, reigned and ruled over it in the same way that he was a is, is a king, that he was a ruler over his creation. And we were, we were designed to use, it says here, that's why I love the Amplified Classic uh, version here. It says to subdue the earth. And it says using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. So everything was created in as, as in its original intent to be in service to others, to be in service to, uh, and that's what love is, right? The greatest among us are, is the servant of all. So service and and caring for others is caring for each other is the it's it's the foundation of love that the universe was built on love and service and it was it's designed to serve creation is designed to serve it it wants to serve and so when we read in Romans chapter 8 that all of creation is moaning and groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God why why is conscious why is creation consciously aware of its 
it's in this desire to birth sons of God, to, to moan and to groan and to call forth the sons of God. Why? Because it desires to serve. It desires to be of service to, to uh, God's heir of creation, which is Jesus Christ, which is us, which, because we're in union with him. And so this, this foundational concept of love and service is such an important uh, component to recognizing our individual purpose in in governing and dominating and and uh, manipulating, if you will, the matrix or the three D realm or creation. What is the purpose of that? It's to serve. It's to serve the kingdom. It's to serve heaven on earth. It is to uh, make righteousness, peace, and joy, and the kingdom of God a reality in the material realm. So today, I want to really talk about how we begin to awaken to the real us, the real you. And I say us because it is actually plural, uh, meaning that your union with God, your union with Jesus is also a union <laughs> that is with every other person that is also in union with Jesus. So the entire uh, problem of the fall was this illusion of separation, separation from God, separation from one another, and separation from the creation that he created. Uh, we have this, this uh, fallen mindset, this fallen perception that perceives a self that is independent from God. And so this self identity that we have uh, mistakenly identified with is truly a, a function of nothing but the 3D realm, right? It's associated with our natural family, our natural lineage, right? It's associated with our education, our physical body, what we look like, right? How much money we make. I mean, all of these identity identifiers that we have taken on as the definition of who we are. But the true definition of who you are transcends all of those things, like you are, you have a body, you have a brain, you have a mind, you have emotions, you have a natural family, but these things do not define you. They are not your true identity. There is a self, I want to say capital S self, that lives in union with Jesus, that is not of this world, but is in this world in your human body. Your human body is is an earth suit, right? It's, it's why I you know, told you guys I got this little this little avatar Christmas ornament, and I keep keep it on my desk. Why? It's to remind me, and now to remind you that you are not your avatar, right? I want you to think of like for a moment, like your Earth suit as your avatar. You know, Jesus said many years ago that I was Jesus in a chalice suit, right? So it's like Jesus is wearing your skin. Jesus is wearing you, and there is an awareness that comes from that self capital S that is not driven by the flesh. It's not driven by your five physical senses. It's not driven by the, the thought processes or the mind of your programming from the fallen world system. It is aware of them. And it almost is like it's looking through those eyes. It can actually take over your physical senses with, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and your spirit are, are, at, a, are at a different level of awareness. 
And so this awareness is something that that is what the Apostle Paul was praying for, right? When he when he talked about the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, he was saying that there would be an awareness, that there would be an awakening that would in, in a certain way detach you from your from the old man, right? That was crucified with Christ, from this just simple material existence which you can be dominated by if you are not awake, if you are asleep, if you are functioning under fallen a fallen perception. And so today I want to talk about this perception. I want to talk about this awakening, right? See, we cannot just be in our mind and in our thoughts and in our emotions, but we are sentient beings. We have this awareness. We have this ability to observe our thoughts, to observe our emotions. And that uh, that observer, that watcher of our thoughts, that watcher of our emotions is the real you. How many times do you know that you're sitting there and you're listening to voices in your head? Okay. We're not, I'm not talking about being, you know, mentally ill. I'm just talking about just the self-talk that goes on in our minds. And I can also talk about just voices, intruders of, you know, the enemy or whatever, but there is many times just this ongoing babble that is going on in our minds. And so it is so easy to just get caught up in that babble in our mind and that self-talk in our mind and live from the, the construct of our mind. And guess what? Your emotions can, will follow your thoughts. So if you are thinking fallen, 3D realmed, trapped thoughts, well, guess what? Your emotions are going to follow those thoughts. But when you are spiritually minded and you begin to awaken to this observation of your thoughts, well, now you're entering into the realm of discernment, right? Because just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Just because you have made a judgment or are telling a story about external circumstances doesn't mean that it is true. There is a higher level of consciousness. There is a higher level of awareness that's in the spirit. And when the, you know, when the apostle John said in Revelation that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he began to open up into this vision that God was, that he got from, from God, right? This is the realm. This higher level of awareness is this communion realm. It's this visionary realm. It's this auditory realm because he heard a voice from behind him speaking, right? So the spiritual senses become activated and now we are operating with spiritual senses that are now not controlled by our human mind, but are now being controlled by the Holy Spirit. So we have a yielded imagination where now the Holy Spirit is using, and many times it will, I mean, there are times when it will take over your physical eyes and you'll have a physical vision. I was just talking to a student and uh, a graduate of Emerge this week who's talked about multiple times they've audibly heard the voice of God since beginning to work with me, which I was like, whoa, that's cool. But the point is, is that it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical experience to be real. And this is how not only the apostle John was operating or Peter on the rooftop when he had the vision about the, the sheets coming down and the animals and the unclean animals coming down. Remember, I mean, the Bible is full of prophets in the Old Testament that were operating in the spirit, in the spirit of God by the Holy Spirit with perception that was not coming from their, their natural physical senses, right? There were spiritual senses. There was an awareness. There was an awake 
awakening, there was this perceptional way of, per, uh, I guess you could say, of perceiving. There was a new level of perception where they were actually interacting with the heavenly realm, with the unseen realm. Okay, now I'm talking about this from more of a spiritual, scriptural perspective right now, because I want you to grab that this there is a mind of the spirit, and the mind of the spirit is where there is life and peace. Why? Because it is the unseen identity. It is the true self in operation. Okay, this is the way we were truly designed to live. This isn't just an encounter that you have, you know, at a counter night on your ch- at your church or at a conference that you go to or up in, you know, when you're in worship, which obviously those are valid experiences, but why are they happening in those places? They're happening because you're you're ascending, you're coming up higher, right? You're being filled with the spirit and the 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 natural realm and your natural body is now in subjection to the spirit of God and your spirit that is joined as one. And so these spiritual experiences are so powerful, but it's not just meant to be an experience. It's meant to be a way of living. This is how Jesus operated. He obviously is the only begotten son of God, but he is not the only son of God. He is the firstborn among many brethren. We are sons. I get it. I'm a woman, but I'm still a son. If you're a guy, guess what? You're still a bride, right? This is not a gender specific thing. There's neither male nor female in Christ. This is a spiritual identity that transcends gender, that transcends the identities that we have in the natural realm. This is a spiritual identity. This is a, uh, it goes beyond the physical physical body. And it is the part of us that is eternal and exists, has existed in the mind of God, in the heart of God, since the beginning of time when we were actually in Christ before creation ever occurred. And so that true identity beginning to, to first of all, just hearing what I'm saying begins to give you a distinction of it. If you have never been told that you have a spiritual identity, that your true self transcends your natural body, your natural thinking, your natural mind, your your emotions, your physical body, then you will not be able to identify with the real you. And the real you is in Christ. The real you is in the middle of the triune existence right this very minute. That is the purpose of why Jesus came. It was to restore us to the position that he enjoyed with the father since the beginning of time, right? And Jesus understood that he had an identity that transcended time. He said, before Abraham was, I am, right? He is the I am. Why? Because in the spirit, there is only now. Time is definitely differently, experienced different in the spirit. Now, quantum physics is just tapping into the universal laws of this invisible realm. Okay, now many religions are also tapped into this 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 idea. Okay, where Buddhists are tapped into it, Hindus are tapped into it, mystics from all you know different walks of life are tapped into this idea that there is a self, there is there is something about human beings, this consciousness, this awareness that transcends our physical existence. Now, as Christians, we understand that this universal field or 
you know, whatever source, whatever people want to call it, is Christ, is Jesus Christ. We understand that. And we also have the power of the Holy Spirit and an intimacy with God, a union and oneness with God that is personal, where God becomes Papa, God becomes husband, God becomes ever-present comforter, right? There's this, this, this um, personality of God, the, I, the actual being of God that is knowable through Jesus Christ, which is the purpose of the incarnation so that the invisible God could become visible and could be that the nature of God as father, as family could be revealed. Now, this awakening is something that we, um, it happens to us, but it is also taught to us. Okay, it is. It means that when we get around teaching, when we get around revelation that begins to remind us of who we really are, first of all, you will know in your knower that you are, this is something that is true. Like there is a part of you that has always known this, even if your mind did not grab it or uh, understand it. And so this awareness is something that, uh, is 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 prayed for like what the apostle paul said so i mean i believe that as you're listening to these podcasts that your eyes are being enlightened that the that your the eyes of your understanding are being flooded with light and you are gaining an awareness and for me I, it's a it's a visual picture of this meaning there's a a visual component to how i can actually see the way that this perception works in addition to actually operating in the perception. And it's why I've been using props, right? Like the avatar, like Neo, like Yoda, if you will, because I'm wanting to help you also gain some visuals around the fact that yourself, your true self, your capital S self is operating at the operating in you as you, whether, you know, whether you have become aware of that or not. Now, why is this important? Well, number one, we want to be spiritually minded. We want to walk in the spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be led by the flesh. We don't want to be dominated by our emotions and by our thoughts that are originating from fallen programming and by our bodies and the symptoms. Because the truth is, is that it t- the body cannot experience itself. It takes the mind to experience the body. Do you know that pain comes from the mind? It is a function of the mind. This is why anesthesia works because you are unconscious, okay? Pain and the level of the body and this, frankly, this entire physical world is at a, is a lower level than the mind, Okay, the mind is is a higher, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's just a higher level than the body. Now, the spirit is a higher level than the mind. The mind also cannot experience itself. Okay, the mind can observe the body. The mind can report pain. It can it can it can give the information about the body, but it is it is not the body, although. The body operates as one with it, and but it is not the spirit, okay? The mind of the spirit is another level of awareness that can now observe the mind. 
And that is why we can observe our thoughts as well as think our thoughts. That's why we can observe our emotions as well as feel our emotions. And I've talked about this in this series that when you, when we begin to do some things, you know, some of the the sessions that we do, the rapid mind renewal sessions, that as you begin to kind of break down reality a bit and start to realize that our entire life we have been judging uh, circumstances through a a fallen lens through a filter of separation from God and that we have been making meanings of the things that have happened to us over the course of our lives, that our belief systems that are now uh, embedded into our na- into our natural minds uh, because of the things that we experienced in life, guess what? You begin to detach from that. You begin to recognize, wait a second, my, my, my perception of reality is coming from a filter of separation from God. My perception of a re- reality is coming from an independent judger, right? There is a judger inside of me that is judging according to the flesh. It's judging according to the five physical senses. It's judging according to human intellect apart from God. And so you begin to detach from that and start to recognize you cannot rely on human judgment, that you cannot rely on your physical senses to give you a snapshot of what reality actually is. Number one, there's too many things that we can't see. I mean, even just in this realm, we can't see radio waves. We can't see uh, ultraviolet ultraviolet rays we can't there's so many things that our physical senses cannot perceive but in addition to that there is a mind of christ there is a mind that exists above our natural minds that is not in that judging realm right it is in the discerning realm it is using the mind of god and it perceives at a different level so just beginning to detach from the the physical body in a sense that no i'm an infinite being Okay, I'm an infinite being in union with Jesus. I am not my body. I am not my thoughts. I am not my emotions. I have them. I feel them. But I, but in, that awareness begin how that see how that awareness begins to separate you from these things. So because that separation is necessary in order to dominate those lower levels of reality. Right? You cannot dominate what you are under. You cannot dominate the natural realm when you are controlled or under the illusion that this is what is real. No, we must awaken to a higher place of reality. And this is really, what I'm talking about today is really more in the area of consciousness studies, right? So this is where people are studying near-death experiences. This is where people are doing all kinds of experiments with hallucinogens and uh, psychedelic drugs. And I mean, again, I'm not trying to put judgment out there about it, but I'm telling you, there are studies of human consciousness because scientists, because of quantum physics, are becoming aware that there is something that is observing the material realm and affecting the material realm that is not... Uh, embedded in the material realm and the thing that is affecting it is consciousness. So consciousness and awareness is intertwined with the way that God created the universe to function. What we observe, I've been talking about, is what we materialize. So are we observing with our physical eyes? Are we observing with our eyes of faith? Are we observing with the eyes of God through our true self, capital S, that's living in union with Jesus? Are we actually just operating Operating like mere human beings, carnal is the word that is the scriptural word for that, where we are just observing what is seen and what is natural. 
And this is where we start to understand that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that God's ways are higher than our ways. We start to understand that words are actually uh, creative, okay? That death and life are in the very power of our tongue. Why? Words are spirit. Words are invisible, but yet they are connected to our spirit. They are connected to our heart. They are connected. They're also connected to whatever it is that's driving them. And under the fall, right, our tongues at the Tower of Babel, right, our tongues were totally governed by the material realm and our five physical senses. And it wasn't until the day of Pentecost that the human tongue got reconnected to the spirit of God. And now when we speak in other languages and we speak heavenly languages, it's not we're not speaking out of our human identity. We're speaking out of our heavenly identity. We're speaking out of our higher self. We're speaking out of our true self, out of that self that lives in union with Jesus. Jesus. And that is why the baptism of the Holy Spirit, specifically the gift of speaking in tongues, is so, so very necessary, so very controversial and resisted. What is it resisted by? It's resisted by people that are stuck in the 3D realm. Why? Because it's nonsense. It's nonsense to the natural mind. The things of God are foolishness to the natural mind. So speaking in a language that you don't understand seems like foolishness, but it's the, one of the most powerful gifts of the Holy Spirit that we've been given. Why? Because it is no, it's totally re- moving you out of this 3D realm and moving you back into the place where you are a speaking spirit. And it says that as we pray in the spirit, we edify ourselves. We rise higher and higher. It says in Philemon, Philemon, <laughs> it says, yeah, in Philemon, it talks about that we rise higher and higher, uh, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. What is the most holy faith? It's the place where we are no longer governed by the natural realm. And so quantum physics is, be- is beginning to show us that this observer effect, that what we observe, that creation is conscious, that it actually goes from energy to particle. It's the collapsing of the wave. It's the, it's the actual Newtonian to quantum's tra- transition point. The way that I want to say it, it's from the spirit to the natural transition point. It's done by words. It's done by observation. And as we rise up in consciousness, guess what happens? And we begin to uh, operate not just as a mere human being, but now it's God who is now observing through us. It is now God who is speaking through us. Well, guess whose will is being birthed in the earth? It's no longer us that's living, but it's Christ in us that's living. And now creation is responding to the observation of God. See, human beings are like antennas. Human beings are like broadcasting stations. We are constantly vibrating frequencies, constantly vibrating at a particular level of consciousness, at a particular level of awareness. And so if we are at a, at a place where we are totally under the material realm, and uh, this would be, you know, where we are, we are trapped here, right? We're trapped in as a victim almost to the natural realm. We live in a victim consciousness, right? Well, we're going to get more of what we're speaking, more of what we're saying, which is definitely usually what we don't want, right? But as we rise up in consciousness and we rise up into that place where we are abiding in Christ, where we're aware of our union, where we are, it's no longer us that's living and we're operating the way that Jesus operate, where we're seeing what the Father is doing. We're saying what the Father is saying, where our 
judgment is just because we're we're not seeking our own will, meaning we're not we're not going into our own, meaning a separated self's will. We're not living in an in, we're not we're not living out of an independent desire, an independent will. But we've merged into the the heart of God, into the mind of God, in our true self. Well, when we are in that space, right, we're operating like Jesus. Well, guess what happens? What we call miracles, but what we are calling miracles is simply the laws that are now being discovered by quantum physics that says that the invisible realm governs the natural realm. So beloved, I I pray that I'm all making sense. I know I'm talking like la, 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 but it's just flowing that way today. It's flowing from, you know, point to point to point. So let me just chat a little bit about the how how I personally stepped into my awakening. And act, actually in my book, if you haven't read The Path, I kind of go through a series of what I call wake-up calls. And wake-up calls were very strategic in my life. There were circumstances that began to wake me up that something else was going on. One of them was on my therapist's couch when I remember having this crazy, weird experience where all of a sudden <clears throat> it was like... It was literally like a movie where I just, it's like I just woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is not my life. I'm living someone else's story. This isn't, this isn't my life. It was like I was in a movie and I was playing the wrong role in the wrong movie script. Like that's a very bizarro experience, but it happened to me. Okay, another one was when someone passed away and I started to connect to the reality that 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 I was not invincible, that that death was was something that was going, you know, that was like real, right? It was just a wake-up call. You know, then there were other ones. There were ones when uh I, gosh, I I started to hear, I started to watch the clock and it was always 333 and it started to freak me out. You know, I was not a overly spiritual person necessarily. I mean, I was, a, I, I believe the Bible, but I mostly lived in condemnation and guilt and depression and I partied a lot. You know, I was, I was definitely kind of, I don't know. I was just lost. You know, I didn't know the truth and I started seeing three, three, three. And I remember getting out of my car at three, eight, 33, one night in the middle of the night, coming home from somewhere, some bar or something. And just being like, what? You know, screaming up the top of my lungs, what, what, what is this number? What? And I heard a voice very clearly in my head say, it's time. So there were these bizarro experiences, like these surreal experiences. I think when, when you go through the death of a loved one, it's, it's many times, at least it's always been for me. It's like time stops and there's this surreal connection that this is just not all there is. And so there's these, these things that happened to me that began to wake me up. And then of course, guess what? I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I, be, I surrendered my life to God. And there was this journey that I have been on really now for over 20 years, really prior to that. I think the, the wake-up calls were happening in my 20s. The wake-up calls were always happening. I mean, gosh, even when I would begin, even in years ago, when I would do drugs and my as a teenager and I, I would trip on acid. I know you probably guys think I've always been so innocent my whole life, but you know, I remember I, I would say, number one, I could make other people see what I saw. Like that is not natural. So that was bizarro. But then I also knew that there was a voice that was always guiding me through that. I never, I called it my snap. I didn't know what to call it, but I never lost my mind. I never lost my connect. It was just a bizarre experience. And I remember the very last time I did that hallucinogenic, I literally heard that voice say, do it again and you'll lose your mind. I never touched it again. So 
these wake-up calls, I mean, the Holy Spirit is awakening the human race. It is absolutely happening right now on the planet. In fact, in the consciousness studies that have been done, there are scales of consciousness. A map of consciousness has been created and anything below, you know, the 200, that calibrates below 200 is, is called to not be life-giving. It's the emotions and the, the states that people live in in shame and guilt and anger and fear and these lower, lower level consciousness states. They've also done studies that show that your perception when you live in each of those states is a way of being, it's a predominant way of being that you have a very diff different perception of the world. And it wasn't until the 80s that the global level of awareness or consciousness raised above 200. Now, if you, you know, dive into some of these consciousness studies, I mean, this is a really big deal. This meant that collectively as as a as the human race was was more destructive than it was life-giving. You know, it's it's almost a miracle sometimes that the human race has survived. I mean, without the intervention of God, who knows, right? Without the church, without the ecclesia, without uh, the believers that have lived and, and mystics that have been in that higher level of consciousness, who knows what would happen. But my point is, is that, what was my point? I'm saying a whole lot here. Uh, is that these, these consciousness studies are very, very interesting because they point to this awakening of the human race. And I can tell you in my own life, this has been a progressive awakening. I feel like in the last several years, uh, especially in this convergence that we're now seeing with science and studies and all of these things, like there is an acceleration, guys. Like there's an acceleration of information. There's an acceleration of teaching. There's an acceleration of sources that are awakening the human race. I, I'm seen more and more in the body of Christ. I'm very excited about it. I mean, I was super excited when I got Steve McVeigh's book, Quantum Life, you know, gave it to my team for Christmas. I mean, I've been connected with, you know, Joe Dispenza's work for years now. Other people that are not necessarily Christians, so they don't have the gospel language, but they have the science and they have the principles of the gospel that are written all throughout their, their literature, written all throughout. Uh, it, it's a lens, right? It's a lens. The gospel lens, union with God, is a lens. It's a perception. It's a way of seeing. And once you get it, you'll begin to see it everywhere. You will read your your Bible different. Once you get union, you will hear worship music different. You will hear, it is a perception. Every level of consciousness has a different paradigm and a different level of perception. And I'll tell you what this does when you really start to awaken and you get to these places where you recognize that there is a, a perceptional filter that people are seeing through is you start to have a lot of compassion for people. You stop to get out of the judgment seat with people and recognize that they don't know what they don't know. Guess what? I didn't know what I didn't know until I saw it, until I knew it. And it was only the move of the Holy Spirit in my life to enlighten the eyes of my understanding, to awaken my perception. And so I have great compassion. I'm not sitting around expecting people that don't know Jesus that aren't uh, operating with a perception of spiritual things to act any different than they are. And and I'll tell you, that's a, it, it, the body of Christ is awakening. It's, it's happening more and more and more. And compassion will rise. Why? Because at the higher levels of consciousness, you start to operate in unconditional love. You start to operate in peace and joy and the actual attributes of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is elevated consciousness. The kingdom of God, the, the consciousness of God in us, Christ in us, Christ consciousness is the elevated 
a state that we are moving towards. Now, I know there's a lot of theology that I'm stepping all over right now, but uh, if those that have ears will hear. I, I, I guess I'll just say it that way. Now, I got a wrap today, but here's what I want to say. Uh, I, I started to pray that scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, um, 17, 18. I started to pray that. I started to pray. And I actually got the idea from reading a Kenneth Hagin book uh, years ago. I mean, I don't even know, 90s maybe, early 2000s. I was reading this book and it was just called Visions. And I'm not even necessarily re recommending the book, but I had this like insatiable appetite for the supernatural. And Honestly, it's probably why I was tripping on acid when I was a kid. I mean, why? Because I was seeking these elevated, awakened states, but didn't know how to get there, right? So it wasn't even necessary. I mean, the Lord has told me, like, you were just, you were, you've always been connected. You've always been hungry for heaven. And it's, it's the prophetic gift. It's, it's who I've created you to be. You just were ignorant. My people perish for lack of knowledge. You didn't know what you didn't know. And it's not like I was hearing the gospel when I was going to church. It sure as heck wasn't learning how to hear the voice of God or operate with activated spiritual senses. I was getting spoon-fed religion, which traps you absolutely in the lower levels of consciousness. And, and you're totally asleep. You're totally asleep and religious. It's a terrible combination. And so, you know, what I began to do when I got a hold of this book, and, and it was just this just a book, a bunch of visions that Kenneth Hagin had. And I was just so hungry for it. And I, he, he says in the book that he started to pray over himself, this scripture, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. And he started to say, thank you, Father, that you've granted unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, and that the eyes of my understanding have been enlightened. And I know the hope of my calling and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards me. And, uh, the, the, which was wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it now because I'm most focused. You can see 17 and 18 flow right off of me because I would say it over myself all the time. Because what Kenneth Hagin shared is that as he began to pray that prayer over himself, guess what? He began to have activated spiritual senses. So I thought, hey, if it's good enough for Kenneth Hagin, it's good enough for me. So I just began to pray that prayer. Thank you, Father, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you has been granted unto me. Thank you that the eyes of my understanding are enlightened and I know the hope of my calling. Thank you that I have activated spiritual senses. Thank you that I have, uh, I have visions and dreams. And I just thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit has activated that in my life. And guess what happened? It began to happen to me too. So, you know, the apostle Paul was not praying for revival. He was not praying for an out, another outpouring of the Holy Spirit that, you know, a different one that happened from the day of Pentecost. No, he was praying for an awakening. He was praying for a, a revival in the individual person. He was praying for uh, as to be filled with the Spirit, overwhelmed with the Spirit, to come up higher and higher, which is what the fill infilling of the Spirit does. It's why spiritual drunkenness is a real thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. Why? Because it was a taking over of their perception. It was a take. It was an undoing of what happened at the fall. And so, drunk people, guess what? They're not operating in their natural minds anymore. So, you know, this move of the Spirit is, is this enlightening. It's this awakening. It's this elevation of consciousness. And as we wake up to who we are and to our true self and the illusion of separation starts to fall away and we begin to get uh, 
new perceptional filters and be, be able to understand that we truly are avatars, that we are wearing a, an earth suit, that we are not our body, we are not our minds, we are not our thoughts, but we are a higher level of being that interacts with the universe through our consciousness and our awareness and are the absolute vessel that can observe the um, observations of God and can speak the words of God, we become co-creators, co uh uh, laborers in the uh, project <laughs> that God initiated way back in Genesis to make the planet look like heaven. So beloved, I am wrapped up today. Goodness knows I could probably fire off another four hours of this, but I'm going to stop for today. And uh, I just pray that you will grab this today, take that prayer, begin praying it for yourself. And just listen to this. Just listening to this is going to raise your consciousness level. Listening to this is going to begin to separate you from your body, separate you from your mind, separate you from your thoughts. Begin to open up your awareness to a level of discernment so that you can discern rather than just you know, have your physical senses being what's dominating you. So God bless you guys. I pray just a supernatural, powerful week over you, an awakened week uh, where you are operating with enlightened eyes and uh, co-observing and co-creating with God. All right, God bless you. Love you much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.